We are very excited about today's show. And before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Hey, Stephen. A great first impression with the judges is having a phenomenal ad page. And an ad page can be found in your pageant program book or digitally, however your pageant does it. And often they will be given to judges to kind of flip through before they even meet you. So in addition to your headshot, which is probably also in that same program book, you have an opportunity to showcase your personality, your style, your platform with an ad page. And I've seen a lot of amateur ad pages over the years, and I've seen a lot of professional ones, and it really does make a difference to have a professional ad page. So I wanna talk about the ability that we have to give our listeners a beautiful ad page at a great price. Yeah, some of these ad pages are really expensive. I mean, Mm -hmm. like hundreds of dollars, like for a full ad page. Um, So what is it that we offer that's, um, I guess, comparable to that? So we have everything from a half page as little as $25. What? Mm -hmm. What? $25? Crazy. (laughs) And a full page for as little as 50 bucks. Like that is unheard of for Photoshop work layouts, et cetera. So, and we also offer rush. So like you find out you have an ad page or maybe you get your ad page back from someone else and you don't like it. Or maybe you get a quote and you're like, whoa, I can't handle it. We can rush these within 72 hours. There is an additional fee for it, but it's minimal for 20, 72 hour turnaround and you get your digital files. You can send it right over to your pageant director. Good to go. But for all other inquiries, you don't have to pay that rush fee and it's within two weeks. So even still, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, and we've had girls in the past like use these for their comp cards and like mm-hmm. the the banners on their their fan page and stuff too. So there's like there's a lot of different options, and, and we have a, a graphic designer on staff and our very own Sherry Sherry Shanley. So um, she um, she takes care of it and does a really good job. Okay, so mm-hmm. in order to get this, is this a special price or is it that price all the time? So that price is all the time. However, we are giving 20% off, which is crazy to me. So I would load up on like a million ad pages if I were you at this price. (laughs) Use all your different headshots, all your images. Maybe one's platform-based, maybe one's business-based. I mean, this is the time to do it. So you get 20% off, Stephen. I think you'll put the um, coupon code in the show notes for us. But you can access and buy these ad pages at shop.pageantplanet.com. Um, just search for ad page. It's right there. Or it's even a great gift idea. If you want to honor somebody with a beautiful gift where they just won their title, this is the way to go. It's a great price, great turnaround, and it's very professional. Awesome. And yes, I will add that coupon code in the show notes. So thank you, Jesse. Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome to another episode. Today, Jesse Ledoux and myself, we are going to be talking about winning the crown and where to begin. And specifically in this episode, we are going to be covering seven areas of pageant preparation. So Jesse, set the stage for us. Stephen, this podcast was inspired by our membership portal. And one of the most common questions I receive is about where to start. So after about the 15th time I got this question, I started thinking about what is the scientific answer? Because if it comes up enough, 
clearly it's a widespread issue. And in my opinion, we are a pageant planet. It's our job to solve the puzzle. So when all was said and done, I kind of, you know me, I put my pageant nerd hat on or my biggest mm-hmm. crown in the office. And I find out, I find out that there are like really seven true areas that made sense. And for clients, I categorize these based on how many days they can commit to preparing for competition. So that could be anywhere from 20 minutes a day to two hours per day. And this podcast, I guess you could say is a preview of the type of content you would expect to hear from us in our monthly prep course. But when you're working with us, it's more personalized. Yeah, and after listening, if you have um, interest, we and you sign up for our 233 free pageant questions, um, it'll take you to a special trial offer that you can only unlock if you download those questions. And it's basically a trial offer that is that you can try out our VIP membership where you get a mock interview, um, a customized pageant preparation based on where you are right there, um, and unlimited access to our membership portal for 10 days. So you get all that for $16, but you can only get it if you download the 233 questions. So I will provide that link in the show notes. And so just click on that link, sign up for the questions, and voila, it will unlock. Um, So Jesse, for the first of the seven areas of pageant prep, uh, what's the first one that you would recommend? So the first one is walking and posing. And this is what the general public thinks matters most in pageantry. And truth be told, yeah, it it matters a lot because most pageants, the majority of your score does come from your time on stage. And there are small things like hand placement, angling your body, et cetera, that like a new contestant or a first timer just won't know about without guidance or significant preparation. And I hear from first timers often that they're like, wow, I really thought I would have placed higher. I felt like this was on point. I thought I did that the best I could. So I always ask them to send me their photos. And there are definitely a lot of what I call novice tells. And that by that, I mean, like I can tell looking at that picture that that is their first pageant or that they don't have a coach and like say, okay, here are the areas that you might not have picked up on because it's your first time in the industry. Here are things that I noticed and here's how you can eke out extra points along the way. Yeah. And I mean, I know after every major pageant, like my parents will text me or a friend will text me, somebody not in the industry, like, oh my gosh, why didn't so-and-so make it? You see the girl back there in the third row? She was so pretty. And it this comes down to what you said is that they're really subtle things that make a huge difference for judges and people in the industry, like you know, having your hand in the right position when you put it on your hip or great posture or knowing where to look. I mean, there's that definitely an awkward learning curve when it comes to some of these things for girls that are new to the industry. And as you suggested before, they've never worked with a coach. I mean, they just have mm-hmm. to go through their own learning curve. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it, Stephen. Shifty eyes. Like, you don't yeah. even know where to look. And it's like, <laughs> oh, what is happening right now? Uh, but yeah, walking and posing is number one. So we are going to go through these seven sections fast and furiously. So if you're listening and you should buckle up, get your notebook. And if you have to listen back or rewind or pause, feel free. But there's a ton of information to cover. So just consider this like your crash course into everything you need to know. Got it. You know what? I just had this random thought where I was like, you know, I wonder if anybody listens to us in the fast forward mode on podcasts. You know, you can listen to like 2x faster. I don't know if they could. We talk very (laughs) fast. Well, I do. New Yorker. (laughs) <laughs> well, so Renata, um, she flipped it around. She was playing with iMovie and she flipped it to where it was like half the speed and she sounded like a man. 
And, and I, it was like, oh my gosh, that's what you sound like if you're a man. Okay. Anyways, so it's the, uh, <laughs> it's the version of Snapchat filter. The, oh, the guy yeah. into the girl Snapchat filter slowing it down the podcast. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so okay, seven areas of recovering. The first is walking, opposing. What's the second one? The second is interview, and I still truly believe that that is where pageants are won and lost. I'm not alone in that either. So something that is consistent across the board. And the goal is to make sure you've had enough mock interviews and practice questions to make you gain the confidence that you can answer any question that comes your way. So mock interviews and spending time Finessing your opinions is going to be the key. Yeah. I mean, I've heard you say that many contestants worry about knowing what questions are going to be asked or Mm -hmm. making sure that they've practiced them already. So, like, do you have a strategy for them to calm that worry down? Mm -hmm. Well, that's exactly it, Stephen, that they're worried about, like, oh, my gosh, I need to do 4,500 practice questions so I make sure I've heard every question in the world. But there's no way any contestant can possibly hear and practice every question they could be asked. It's it's truly not possible. That's why you hear so often, well, that's a great question because they've never been asked it before. And <laughs> I hear it probably 20 times a day. So instead of thinking about it transactionally, like, okay, here's this question. Have I heard it before? It's about learning to communicate your thoughts and feelings consistently, even when you're surprised. So it's like, it's not the quantity of questions that you get asked. And sure, like, I want you to do as many practice questions as possible, but don't feel like the more you do will equate in more confidence. It's the ability to know, like, you know, I can get 10 questions. I'm going to nail all 10, no matter what they are. That's the mindset I want our clients to have. Yeah. So when I was dating and I would date like sometimes pageant girls or just whatever, or like girls outside the industry. And when I dated pageant girls um or like kind of went out in the first few dates it was more they would wait for my next question like we were in interview <laughs> so it's kind of like um and then when the girls that stuck out were the ones that initiated conversation and just flowed with the conversation right. and so one of the things that i suggest and that i've heard you agree with is to talk to strangers because mm-hmm. like when you talk to strangers, it's just this, you're ebbing and flowing with the communication. You're not necessarily thinking about it. Um, their questions is transactional, which I really mm-hmm. like that word that you did. Yeah. And we'll touch on that later too in one of the other sections, but totally agree. Just putting yourself out there. Um, and I've heard you say too, Steven, you say, don't ask a, a normal question that like is generic. Like how's like, how's your day? Like ask something specific when you're talking to somebody else. Um, and that way it forces them to like skip ahead to the, to the nitty gritty of a conversation versus just the fluff. Yep. Okay. So we got walking and posing interview. What's the third one? Hot topics. So this is the area where most contestants, both brand new or completely seasoned are most concerned about. So whether it's a topic they may not be completely familiar with or a topic they know is extremely sensitive or you can tick somebody off with your opinion, it doesn't ever get easier. So it's just one of those things you have to accept and constantly be practicing. So it's a mental trick that, oh my gosh, what's coming next? Your brain totally shuts down. So it's about doing research so you know that like know a little bit about every topic to be, feel adequately prepared. Like you have to know something about everything as a pageant contestant. That's why it's so important for you to stay on top of current events and be in control enough to say what you want to say about it without getting thrown. I, I hear all the time, they ramble, they don't know where to go. They don't know direction. They don't want to offend anybody, but they want to give their opinion or they don't want to give their opinion. Oh my gosh, it's so stressful. Yeah. I, I love the matrix that you talked about 
um, before on previous episodes for hot topics. Mm-hmm. Like you address both sides of the topic so everyone feels heard. Then you give your opinion so judges don't get lost in your choice before they actually hear you out. Um, mm-hmm. Then, of course, you have to back it up with why specifically you believe that. Yes. So, Stephen, if you ask me chocolate or vanilla and I sort up say vanilla, which is true, um, <laughs> and you love chocolate, before I even explain myself, there's already going to be a wall up. Right or wrong? Right. There's right. So Because I'm thinking like, how in the world could you not choose chocolate? I have my own internal story going on. And now you have to overcome that. Like as me as the question answer, I have to overcome that with my explanation. And there's already that bias I'm working against. So by doing that, like you have to make sure that they feel heard by addressing both sides before you get to your opinion. And that way they're open and ready. They're like, okay. I'm curious to see where she goes with this, but she sees both sides. So at least I know that like my point is valid also. So that's key. And it's hard to teach that with our clients because it does go in the opposite direction of what we usually do, which is answer, explain X factor for those getting to know you questions. But anytime you can get yourself stuck into hot water, it's important to lead with the facts first and opinion second. And we all know this because if you've been in any kind of relationship like if you've had a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, um, married, you know that if your feelings are hurt, it doesn't matter what your spouse or significant other is saying to you because you, you're just all this internal dialogue. Like they don't understand or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But until they're like, oh my gosh, I hear where you're coming from and you genuinely feel that, then you're like, okay, now I can hear you. Like, so we all know it, you know, it's just translating that to the interview room. Which mm-hmm. your matrix your matrix is perfect for. Okay. Yes. For example, if um, someone not to be named leaves a dish on top of the counter right next <laughs> to the dishwasher, and it ticks me off, I can say, you know, I know you've had a really stressful week. You're listening to a lot of houses. There's a lot going on, but I would really appreciate if you put your dishes in the dishwasher. Yeah. It's so much nicer than just can you put your dish away? Yeah. For goodness or- sakes. You know, or if if a certain person puts her dishes in the sink, which is right next to the dishwasher, and it clearly is like they're all dirty in there or it's empty, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I got it that you had a hard day walking, Sammy. But here's the thing. <laughs> oh, we are screwed. <laughs> Don't listen to the podcast, babe. Okay. Um, well, so that, that one was hot topic. What's the, the next one? The next one is platform. And for those of you who know exactly what cause you want to champion, congratulations. I am so truly happy for you because this is a major hurdle for so many contestants. I mean, not everyone has an overt um, cause that impacts them in their daily life. So I usually say there's, there's three steps to figuring out what should your platform be. The first is think about what causes your family members might be connected to. So maybe it's not your immediate family Maybe um, maybe it's your cousins or your aunts or your uncles, et cetera, or a friend of yours. That's the first step. Second, think about what, um, what existing volunteer work you've already done. So maybe there's already a common thread within your community service that you can pull from and you can say, well, I've already been working on this for so long. Now I have a platform taking it to the next level. And three, if your passion could carry you through the course, through one cause for 365 days, what what do you imagine that would be? For example, so you wake up for 365 days straight and you have to talk about the same thing every single day. What wouldn't you get sick of? That's mm. what we talk about. 
Yeah. And don't be afraid to think outside the box too. Like maybe you're an entrepreneur and you've kind of cracked the code. Can you give seminars to other people to be self-starters or volunteer in other nonprofit organizations that help Mm -hmm. other people start businesses? Or um, maybe you have the most organized closet of any pageant person you've ever seen and you can become the industries, the pageant industries. Oh, what's her name? Marie, is it Kondo? Marie Kondo, yes. Marie Kondo. Yeah, so um, you, you could be one of those people, but cool. All right, so that's the those. Uh, what is the next uh, of the seven strategies or next to the first places that you can start for pageant <laughs> whatever, prep? Whatever we're talking yeah, about. whatever that title, yeah. <laughs> uh, wardrobe is next, and this is by far what I witness as being the most time-consuming part of pageant prep, and I get it. It's hours of shopping, researching for the perfect, unique, within-budget looks that wow the judges. But I can tell you, though, that I still get inquiries from contestants who are deciding between multiple dresses. It'll send me five dresses they're looking at, and there is nothing in common about any of them, as though they look as though they could work for five different people. And to me, that says contestants are just trying to check a box and find order that will score well, which is important. But it's more important that it represents who you are. And you have to lead with your brand and personality first. There will be a showstopper in every category. If you watch any major pageant, Miss Universe, Miss Earth, Miss World, and you see beautiful gowns, and they all say different things about the woman wearing them. And that is the key. It's not just, okay, that's a beautiful gown. I know it's going to score great. It's a custom. It's covered in Swarovski crystals. That's the one. It's, okay, how does this dress portray my personality? And I think that's missing still. Yeah, it's kind of like going for the home run when, Mm -hmm. I mean, in pageantry, consistency is key. If you're consistent all across the board, your likelihood of winning is going to go through the roof versus like you just hit that one home run and your baseball, you know, your team loses the game still. Mm -hmm. So it's finding that dress that works for you and complements you because unlike modeling, and we've said this in the past, um, like you as the model, they dress you up or put makeup on you to pretty much make you look scary so you focus on the outfit. Pageantry, the outfit should really accentuate the girl inside the dress. Um, so just keep that in mind as you're, uh, as you're doing your, your wardrobe. Yeah. And once you buy your wardrobe, wardrobe is not done as a prep category. It's important to say that because you need to get accessories You know, find perfect accessories that match. Don't just get something. Don't just like say, okay, I have something that might work in my closet already that'll save me. It's really important that it is a total cohesive look across the board. So you have to find accessories. You have to get it altered, make sure it fits perfectly. I can't say it enough. And the third part that I didn't really get until I was a coach was customization. So if you buy an off the rack dress and it's got say a pattern on it, I saw a friend of mine who's a pageant director um, she took a pattern dress for one of her girls fun fashion. It was pretty, pretty off the rack and it looked beautiful. And then she started adding crystals, AB stones to the inner layings of the flowers on the dress. And it, oh my gosh, when I saw it on stage, it looked like a different dress just because she took an extra time to elevate it. So don't just accept your wardrobe for what it is. There are inexpensive ways for you to really make it a cohesive custom piece that only you will have. And I love that. Yeah. And I know a designer in the industry now, um, who, and you know, if I said this person's name, you would know who this person is. That's how they got their start is they took other designers dresses and they either added stones, they took stones off. They basically just decorated other people's designs and they did it so well that they were able to come out with their own line. 
Mm-hmm. So, and that's just how it works. All right. So that's wardrobe. What's the next up on the, on the plate? The next is research. And I believe this is an area that is the most overlooked. You should be setting time each week and your preparation to do some good old fashioned healthy stocking. So by that, I mean, research your system like you've been following it religiously for the past 10 years, even if you haven't been. I'm not a stalker. I just really like to hang out. Um, (laughs) So you should be absolutely looking at like past contestants and winners and what they wore and what they accomplished. You know, try to find stage photos or even videos of walking patterns. Like all these will help you more prepared and confident. Just make sure you don't end up totally copying someone else if you see something that you really like. I mean, the purpose of research here is to find out consistencies within the organization to say like, do they crown a certain type of girl? Um, Is there like, a certain type of stage pattern that they always use, like in the walking pattern. Because going in, the more information that you have and the more prepared you're going to feel, naturally the more confident you're going to feel. And you know, if you walk into a pageant with more confidence, it's naturally going to show in your scores. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's it. So, all right. So what's the last one that you have? I mean, and I, I can recap for, for everyone. So we've got... Walking opposing, we have interview, we have hot topic, we had platform, we had wardrobe, we had research, and then what's the final one? The final one is appearances. And appearances are great, not only because you're being visible in your community and helping others, but like you mentioned to you mentioned earlier, Stephen, you're also gaining invaluable one-on-one interpersonal experience, and you're becoming your own personal stylist, you're picking out what you wear for every appearance, and you're practicing your hair and makeup. So all every single time you step out the door, you're practicing those three different areas for your pageant prep, which is huge. So every single thing about putting yourself out there is going to set you up for success come competition time. It's basically like mini hot seat experiences. Like you have to put yourself out there. You have to have conversations. You have to look the part. You have to dress the part. So it's consider it mini pageants. Yeah, it's like you're practicing with every appearance of how to be the title holder of the next level that you want to be. So that's great. Okay. So in summary? So in summary, there's clearly a reason why former contestants look back and say that they were the most well-rounded in their lives when they were competing, because there are so many different aspects and avenues you need to explore in order to be in fighting shape to take home a crown. Like every single one of those seven things we just talked about, they're not just something you wake up and complete in one day. It's an ongoing process. And you won't be able to succeed without truly exploring all seven of these areas on a regular basis to ensure you're prepared. So, of course, we didn't talk about diet and health and fitness. Those should be ongoing regardless. Um, but these seven things I find are just the most consistent across all pageants, age divisions, experiences. Yeah, and if you want help building your own pageant preparation calendar, we actually do it for you. If the stress of preparing for a pageant, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't want something to fall through the cracks. Like, what if I forget to book my eyelash appointment or you know my wax or something like that? We take care of all of that for you. The only thing that you have to do uh, in order to unlock this like trial offer that I mentioned earlier is to sign up for our 233 free pageant questions. And these are the most popular questions that 
we have found in the industry year over year. And we give these same questions to directors, to judges. So a lot of the girls that download these say, oh my gosh, I was asked these exact same questions inside the interview room. Well, duh, it's because judges and directors are using these to give to um, the director, um, sorry, to give to the judges to ask inside the interview room. So you can get your free copy and unlock this. It's for $16. You get a mock interview with Jesse, um, unlimited access to our portal, and a customized prep schedule for $16. And then that's that. Um, and thank you for listening. And if you've received any benefit from the show or for one's previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It might seem like a small action, but it really, truly does help us keep the show going. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.